0: Welcome to The Property Cast. We're getting you started on your property investment journey. Hello and welcome back to the property cast. Thank you for tuning in. Today I'm going to talk about your property team and what I mean by that is who should you have on your team or on your side when investing in property. To start out with I want to talk about three key people or three key professionals that I think you should have on board. That's a good accountant, a good mortgage broker and a good conveyancing solicitor. I'm going to look at all those three trades and tell you how to find a good one, where to find them, what to pay for it. And I hope this is going to be useful. But before we're going to do that, we're going to go into the news story for the day. Today's headlines. So the biggest news for this week has been that after seven, eight weeks of lockdown, the English property market has come back and estate agents, letting agents, uh, conveyancers and removal firms are all allowed to work again. And we have seen an incredible bounce back in the market. At least that's what's been reported. I'm obviously here in Scotland and not much has happened here. We're all still on lockdown. Nicola Sturgeon has taken a far stricter view on the, the lockdown measures that are still still in place and we are raring to go. Um, but obviously this has to be balanced against the, the health and safety. So we're still in lockdown. But in England, the, the market seems to have bounced back. It only happened yesterday. Um, but the indications are very positive And uh, we definitely look forward to reopening again when it's safe to do so. <laughs> So one of the key people on your property investment team, if you like, is a good accountant. And in this section, I want to discuss how to find a good accountant to assist you with your property investments. First up, a good accountant can save you a lot of money. So it is worth having one. And a good accountant will also make sure that you comply with all relevant tax laws. And that will give you peace of mind as when it comes to tax matters, you can't just claim your, your ignorance and not knowing uh, the regulations and the relevant tax laws. So if you were to claim the wrong allowances and the wrong costs and uh, later claim that you just simply didn't know, that's not a, not a good defense. And where can you find a good accountant? So I would start with recommendations from people in your own network, uh, friends, family or other property investors that you know. After all, you're looking for somebody who's experienced with property investments. Then I would move on to Google once you have your first shortlist and read some online reviews for those people that you have shortlisted. And after that, I would probably get on to phoning some of the accountants and uh, have some questions to hand, know what you want to ask, so you don't waste anybody's time on, on just small talk. After you've done the, the phone calls and the online reviews, I would then arrange to meet um, a couple of accountants in person for, for a chat before committing. This is someone who you're going to be sharing with a lot of, if not all, your financial information. So you need to make sure that you feel comfortable with them as well. In terms of the experience level that you would expect from your accountant, it's hard to make a firm recommendation here, I think. But someone who has set up on their own recently might actually be more up-to-date than others who have operated four years in a larger firm. But definitely check their previous employment history, ask what training and qualifications they've had, and also ask what they do to stay up-to-date. It's also a good idea to ask how many other clients they have with property portfolios. Also, I would probably ask if they're investing in property themselves. Here I wouldn't be shy to ask for specifics. So what kind of property are they investing in? Is it commercial or residential? Are they single-lets? Are they HMOs? And how many properties do they do their other clients have? Um, so are they just one property landlords or Are there property investors who have maybe multiple properties in their portfolio? I would also ask how closely they work with their clients normally. Choose someone who's interested in what you want to achieve, what your goals are, and then advises you accordingly. Go with someone who will speak to you throughout the year as well, and not just once per year when it's time for a tax return. Otherwise, I think you might lose out on tips and tricks and tax savings and opportunities that they possibly know of. You really want somebody who is proactive, I think, and advises you, and not someone who's simply processing a tax return once a year. So looking for somebody with an ongoing relationship here. So thinking about costs, as a very rough guide, a chartered accountant will probably charge you 200 to £250, pounds, not including VAT, for a landlord's tax return, or higher if you have um, multiple properties in your portfolio. An hourly rate for a chartered accountant can be anywhere between 80 and £150. There's probably no upper limit, but that'll at least give you a bit of an idea. A lot of accountants don't go with an hourly rate, but prefer instead a fixed fee. Some might suggest, though, an hourly rate to begin with before they know how much work you will be generating with your tax return. So an hourly rate may be suggested for the first return, and that is then used to set a fee going forward. I think it's worth getting a few quotes. So, when you do your initial shortlisting, ask about it. If they're vastly different, then question why that is and what is included in those fees. Um, and as with most services, if one provider is significantly cheaper than the others, then there is probably a reason for it and you haven't simply been lucky to find somebody who offers you a bargain deal. More likely, you've overlooked something in the service that they haven't quoted you for or not quoted you for. You should also be aware that set fees can be disregarded sometimes if there is more work in your return than they initially expected from the information that you provided, That, of course, depends on the terms of the engagement, but there will be a clause in their agreement to say if it's outside a certain scope that was initially anticipated, the fee can be varied. Remember that there is more to preparing your tax return uh, and advising you than just calculating the numbers. So there will be meetings, calls, hopefully, emails, everything contributes. And if you want an accountant to check in monthly with you, then the cost Uh, that you will be charged will, of course, reflect that as well. But that cost should be mirrored by a value of the service that you receive. You can also help keeping the cost down by being organized. Anything that you can do to organize your paperwork and cut down the amount of time that your accountant needs to process the tax return will help. And being organized doesn't mean necessarily having a software system in which you input all your data because a lot of the software is not made for property investors. The software is there for accountants. I have found that a much better way is to keep your data organized in Excel spreadsheets, in Dropboxes, so that you can share the information in an organized way with your accountant. So overall, I think you're better off not using a particular accounting software, especially if you enter just the data for one or two properties, especially when you get started. So in summary, check for experience and up-to-date knowledge with your accountant, especially relevant one to the property investment area. Secondly, compare the costs, but don't necessarily go for the cheapest accountant. Look for a long-term advisor relationship, not just a year-end processor, And make sure the chemistry is right and that you feel in good hands with your accountant. So the next person that you need to have on your property team as a property investor is a good mortgage broker. I have found that really to be a, a very important part. Like with the accountants, I think you should go through a similar process of asking for recommendations in your own network, maybe other property investors you you know, and then looking at online reviews, giving some a call to to have a chat in, in general, and again, not wasting any time, so have a few questions prepared. And then once you've shortlisted, I uh, would again recommend to meet them in person. Now what makes a good mortgage broker just so you know which questions you would actually have to ask. First of all I think it would be quite interesting to to know if they invest in property themselves. And um what experience they have with property investor clients. Do they know the local market? Because I have found in my experience that especially when you get started, they can give you a good few hints and tips about good areas to to look in your your local market, but also what makes a good deal and what's maybe not such a, a good deal. A lot of mortgage brokers are part of a network that makes them independent mortgage brokers if you like and they have access to lots and lots of deals from different lenders and I would definitely find that preferable against a mortgage that you just take out from your local bank. You can imagine they only sell their own mortgage products whereas an independent mortgage broker has access to a variety of lenders. What I would, however, ask is how independent they are. Maybe they can give you an overview of how many different mortgage lenders they are currently using or do they stick to just a few because they have a special relationship with them. Don't choose an inexperienced broker. And you will probably find that you could go to a well-established brokerage firm But have somebody working for you is very inexperienced. And I would warn against that. I think I'd rather have a one-man band, but somebody who actually has experience. Because when it comes to arranging your mortgage, there are lots of little intricacies, uh, especially if your personal circumstances are not so straightforward. So make sure the chemistry is right between you and your broker. Imagine that you will be working with them for... The next two three four deals and you don't want to change from broker to broker just because you felt like well you haven't quite chosen the right one mortgage brokers often have to find solutions for you again especially if your personal circumstances um a bit more complicated if you're self-employed or you run your own company you need really somebody who doesn't just spot problems but who is a solution finder I'd also ask them about speed of service. When you compete against other buyers, then um, unless you're sitting there with a mortgage approved in principle, it can be really quite important to have somebody who can be really fast. um, So you are ahead of other people wanting to make an offer if it's a popular bike-led property. Furthermore, I would ask them if they have experience with other portfolio landlords limited company landlord, something that is more and more popular now that the recent tax changes have made it less attractive to be a private landlord. And then you could also ask, you know, do they arrange mortgage for holiday lets or HMOs? And lastly, I would recommend to choose somebody who has a good network and can maybe refer you to other professionals, such as accountants and solicitors. And with all that in mind, I think you'll be able to choose a good mortgage broker uh, with whom you will hopefully have a long-term relationship. So let's talk about how to choose a good conveyancing solicitor. First of all, I would start again by asking for recommendations in my network. Now that you might have chosen an accountant and a mortgage broker, you could ask them for the recommendations. You could, of course, again read online reviews, but I have found that often the reviews you find on Google are about the conveyancing firm or the solicitor's firm, but not so much about the individual. So you might be a bit limited with the information you get on online reviews. The first question I would definitely ask is whether they are regularly dealing with conveyancing matters. Like in most professions, people specialize and I would want to have a solicitor who's specializing in conveyancing matters, just because they're more experienced there, have come across more issues and are probably better equipped to advise you. Also, I would be keen to know if they're familiar with the local market, if they live in your local market and operate in that market, then they can advise you much better on a potential purchase than if they are, for example, um, hundreds of miles away. A key point as well is there if they are on all the lender panels. Not every mortgage company deals with every solicitor. So it is important that the solicitors are on all the lender panels. Often you will find that a solicitor is negotiating on your behalf. So it's important to find out if they experience in negotiating. And whilst a simple question is probably not very fruitful, I think there are ways to find out how often they negotiate on client's behalf and ask them if they can give you any examples on how that is usually working. You should expect to pay between 1,000 and maybe 1,500 pounds for a single transaction. Value for money here is more important than getting the cheapest deal. I think if you have a good solicitor, it is worth maybe paying a little bit of extra money. The key feedback that I hear from people is that they want transparency over the cost. They don't want to be surprised at the end there was another fee that they didn't really expect. So make sure that you get information from your solicitor about all the costs that will be charged to you at the end of a transaction. And yes, it is usual to be charged at the end of a transaction. If your transaction doesn't proceed, so let's say they've made an offer on a property for you, but you were outbid, then you should normally not incur any fees. Clearly, you want to know how experienced they are, and that's easy to to find out. A lot of solicitors are very commercial in their approach, but there are solicitors who spot a lot of problems that in the real world are not very significant for you. You really don't want a problem spotter. You want somebody who gets a deal done for you, advises you of the risks, but also advises you in a commercial way how significant these risks are. When I work with a solicitor, I want somebody who's approachable and who I feel I can easily talk to without being blinded by legal jargon. So that's something you get from a first impression talking to a solicitor. One thing that's also very important is how easy it is to get hold of your solicitor. It can be sometimes quite difficult. A lot of the solicitor firms work typically from 9 to 5 and some are even closed over lunch. That's not ideal for you if you can only make calls during your lunch breaks or after work. So I would definitely ask the solicitor how easy it is to get hold of them, how quickly they return phone calls and what other means of communication they are open to dealing with. A lot of solicitors still deal by fax and letters, many of them, of course, by email. But I would also ask if they would be happy to maybe answer WhatsApp messages or if they can do a Zoom call. And of course, phone calls should be a given. Another very important factor is speed and a sense of urgency. It is frustrating if a solicitor doesn't get back to you or if it takes days to get a response on a simple question that you have. So check on that. How long should you expect to wait for them to come back to you? Faxes, letters, sometimes they are necessary, but you definitely want somebody who's into modern technology, email, online signing of documents and maybe Zoom meetings or WhatsApp. So. In summary, you want somebody who you find easy to relate to, who's good value for money, who's easy to get hold of and it gives you commercial advice. And here comes the tech tip for this episode. The, the tip I have for you today is a little iPhone app called Receipt Bank. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's a bank for receipts as uh, the name says. It integrates with software like Xero or Sage, so an accounting software package. And for anybody who is self-employed or running their own business, this is an absolutely fantastic app. All you have to do is either you scan with your phone a receipt and it doesn't have to be too neat or you email the receipt to Receipt Bank. Uh, You get your own email address there and Receipt Bank then processes the, the receipt that you have sent in and sends it over to your accounting software. And it saves an awful lot of time, I would say per week, probably half an hour to an hour of processing time of receipts. And what is normally not a very exciting task is actually quite uh, quite interesting when you use the app. It's quite satisfying to, to use it when you scan your receipts and you know that within seconds, it has been processed. So simply look in the App Store for Receipt Bank, download it. It's free. There is a paid plan if you have a lot of receipts to be processed. But uh, for most people, the, the simple free version is probably enough. Okay, and that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. I hope it was helpful and I'd be delighted if you tune in next time.